Hello, this is Supriti from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 8th of November. India recorded over 11,000 COVID-19 cases and 266 linked deaths in the last 24 hours. The total COVID tally stood at over 3 crore 43 lakh, while the death toll crossed 4 lakh 61,000. However, these figures are widely believed to be undercounts. So far, India has administered over 108 crore COVID-19 vaccinations, of which over 23 lakh doses were given yesterday. Today, Chhat Puja is being celebrated in several parts of the country amid COVID restrictions. Globally, COVID-19 has infected over 240 million people, while claiming the lives of more than 5 million. As per a report by news agency AFP, the United States is reopening its borders to fully vaccinated travellers after nearly 20 months of curbs. The Supreme Court today criticised the Uttar Pradesh government for the lack of details in the status report of UP Police's investigation into the Lakhimpur Kheri violence. Chief Justice of India N.V. Ramana reprimanded the UP police on the status report, which had nothing new except a statement that said that more witnesses had been examined by the police. Chief Justice Ramana said, and I quote, We granted 10 days adjournment. Forensic lab reports haven't come. It's not what we expected. End quote. Senior advocate Harish Salve, representing the Uttar Pradesh government, told the court that the reports are expected to arrive by 15th November. According to Baran Bench, Justice Hima Kohli questioned the reason for seizing the mobile phone of just one accused person, Ashish Mishra, in the case. To this, Salve told the court that some of the accused had mentioned that they did not have cell phones, while certain cell records have been obtained. Furthermore, Justice Suryakant noted the need to investigate two separate cases, one related to the death of farmers and the other related to the death of a BJP worker. Justice Kant said, and I quote, Prima facie, it appears that one particular accused is seeking to be given benefit by overlapping two FIRs. You can appreciate very well the fate of the case. End quote. The judge said that the court was inclined to appoint a former judge of a different high court for monitoring the case. In the previous hearing on the Lakhimpur Kheri violence, the Supreme Court had asked the state government to identify more witnesses in the case and thereby provide them with protection. The court was further surprised to hear that the identification of just 23 witnesses in the case. The distressing incident of the Lakhimpur violence pertains to the day of October 3rd, when horrific visuals showed three cars ramming into a crowd of protesting farmers in the area. Two of these cars belonged to Union Minister Ajay Kumar Mishra. Later, the Union Minister's son, Ashish Mishra, was arrested by the UP police. The incident and the violence in its aftermath left eight people dead, four farmers, two BGP workers, a driver of one of the vehicles, and a journalist. At News Laundry, our reporters Nidhi Suresh and Shivangi Saxena reported on the incident in detail. You can find the series of their reports along with several videos under the section Lakhimpur Violence on our website newslaundry.com. While you're there, do consider contributing to our NL Sena project titled Hathras, a documentary. The project aims to highlight the larger picture of what happens to a Dalit family when they are abandoned by the news cycle. It shall be undertaken by Nidhi Suresh and Parikshit Sanyal, who will investigate the Hathras case and its aftermath. Listeners, we are able to hit the ground and bring you such stories that matter to you because we are a reader-supported independent news media portal that does not depend on the government or any private corporation's support. 
We believe in serving the public's interest and report on issues without them being tainted by any propaganda. So, if you believe in our endeavor and aspire to keep the news free and independent, subscribe to us today. Go to newslaundry.com and hit that red subscribe button on the top right-hand corner of our website. Our lowest subscription starts at 300 rupees a month only. The Uttar Pradesh anti-terrorism squad in an alleged religious conversion racket has today arrested Abdullah, the son of accused Umar Gautam, who was allegedly involved in securing funds for large-scale conversions. The UPATS has since June made several arrests in connection with the supposed country-wide religious conversion syndicate that they claim to be headed by Umar Gautam. The ATS team said in a statement to the Indian Express and I quote It was found during investigation that Abdullah had been receiving dubious funding in various bank accounts. He was directly in touch with other accused of the syndicate and was involved in getting money for conversion operations. He is an important member of the entire religious conversion racket and worked closely with Umar. Further details of his activities are being ascertained. End quote. The UP police have claimed that Abdullah received 75 lakh rupees in bank accounts, out of which 17 lakh rupees was from foreign sources. The police suspect that the accused has purchased property from the received funds. So far, the UPATS claimed to have found evidence of Gautam and his aides receiving hawala funding of nearly 57 crore rupees. According to the police, Abdullah looked after his father's madrasa and Islamic Dawa Center, an organization that had allegedly carried out the conversions. Umar Gautam's family used to live in Batla House before they shifted to an apartment following Gautam's arrest. The building caretaker at Gautam's previous residence told the Indian Express, and I quote, The family stayed here for years but left after the arrest of Umar Gautam. They kept to themselves. Following the media presence, they decided to live somewhere else. The son Abdullah had an office nearby. End quote. You can also read Akansha Kumar's recent report on Umar Gautam's charge sheet filed by the UPATS. According to her report, the agency claims that Gautam's objective was to set up an Islamic state by increasing the population of religious group likely to go against the current constitutionally chosen government. You can find the story on our website and it is titled Use of Psychological Pressure by Calling Others Kafir UPATS Charge Sheet in Umar Gautam Case. As per a report in the Indian Express, suspected militants shot dead a Jammu and Kashmir police constable last night near his house in Srinagar. The policeman has been identified as 29-year-old Tawseef Ahmed Wani, resident of SD Colony in the Batmalu neighborhood in Srinagar. Tawseef was taken to the Sri Maharaja Hari Singh Hospital where he succumbed to his injuries. A police spokesperson told the Hindustan Times that a case has been filed against the suspects and an investigation is ongoing into the case. The police have also cordoned off the area and have begun a search for the suspects. According to the newspaper Greater Kashmir, this is the second time that suspected militants carried out an attack in Srinagar's SD colony. In the first week of October, militants had allegedly shot dead an employee of the Power Development Department in the locality. The National Conference stated that it unequivocally condemns the cowardly and dastardly attack. It said, and I quote, "No words of condemnation would be enough. Our hearts go out to his family and friends at this time of grief." End quote. In the previous month, suspected militants killed a total of 11 civilians in targeted attacks in the Union territory. The Resistance Front, supposedly an offshoot of the Lashkar-e-Toiba, has claimed responsibility for most of the killings in the valley. During a protest by the inmates that turned violent in Uttar Pradesh's Fatehgarh district jail, 
A prisoner died and 30 police officers were injured yesterday. According to the Indian Express, the prisoners in jail were protesting against the death of a fellow inmate, Sandeep Yadav, which was alleged to be on account of negligence of the prison staff. The police, however, claimed that Yadav died in a hospital on Saturday evening during his treatment for dengue. As per the report in the Indian Express, on learning about Yadav's death yesterday morning, the prisoners allegedly attacked the jail officials while they were serving them breakfast. The prisoners also allegedly started a fire in the jail. Farukabad Superintendent of Police Ashok Kumar Meena told PTI, and I quote, There was stone pelting and arson in the barrack, and this was done by inmates with a criminal mindset. The police force then managed to control the situation. In this, 30 policemen were injured and the deputy jailer too was attacked by the inmates. End quote. The inmate, identified as Shivam, reportedly sustained injuries during the violence. He was admitted to the city district hospital but died during the treatment. Director General Anand Kumar has begun an inquiry into the violence. Fatigar District Magistrate Sanjay Kumar told the Indian Express and I quote, a judicial inquiry will be conducted into the death of Sandeep Yadav, who died during treatment in hospital. End quote. The United Nations Food Agency has stated today that with acute hunger spikes across the world, the number of people on the edge of famine across 43 countries has risen from 42 million to 45 million, Al Jazeera reported. As per the World Food Programme, or WFP, the jump in the number of people affected by famine has been recorded with data from a food security assessment that found 3 million more people facing famine in Afghanistan. WFP's executive director, David Beasley, after returning from a trip to Afghanistan where WFP has increased support for nearly 23 million people, said, and I quote, Tens of millions of people are staring into an abyss. We've got conflict, climate change and COVID-19 driving up the numbers of the acutely hungry. And the latest data show that there are now more than 45 million people marching towards the brink of starvation. End quote. WFP mentioned that the cost of averting famine globally is now $7 billion, arising from $6.6 billion earlier this year. It also warned about the traditional funding streams being overstretched. Multiple droughts and an economic meltdown has pushed families to the edge in Afghanistan. Meanwhile, in Syria, nearly 12.4 million people don't know where their next meal will come from. Increases in acute hunger are also being seen in Ethiopia, Haiti, Somalia, Angola, Kenya and Burundi. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 